You're listening to a Chicago Sports Nation production, enhancing your Chicago sports fan experience. Well, come on. Welcome back. It's another edition of Bears Nation podcast. The whole crew is here this time. Had a couple issues the last week or so trying to get everyone on the same schedule, but we're here. And of course, we're all here to talk about an excruciating game, a game that I think pained us all. Uh, But we're here. Obviously, we're here to talk about it. We are unfailing in our commitment to you guys, the listeners. So we'll get right into it. Uh, Bears really lose a heartbreaker in London. A lot of injuries. Uh, you know, Akeem Hicks goes out at the very beginning. Mitchell Trubisky obviously out. Bilal Nichols still out. Roquan Smith played, but wasn't really on his A game. Still some questions surrounding him. But Bears lose 24 to 21. The Raiders really win at the end on a 97 yard drive at the end of the game, which. And I'm not saying this ironically, you truly hate to see. So, I mean, let's talk about it as we do every week. Get right into it. Guys, what are the biggest takeaways? What's the biggest thing to you guys that failed this week? I'll start with Kevin. Well, the biggest thing specifically I think that we're going to get to very deeply is the offensive line. I mean, that was really the tale of this game, and it's been the tale of few days now after the game uh it was just pathetic the Raiders won the battle in the trenches really on both sides of the ball to be honest the defensive line did not look great either uh but you know with all that being said we're gonna get onto those specific things this is not the time to jump off the Bears bandwagon again you know this is the same situation the Bears were in last year three and two three and three uh similar type of game as the New York Giants game last year which is a different part of the season but same kind of atmosphere environment with Chase Daniel starting uh, you know, defense didn't look great. They lose that game in a close one. So very similar type games. And again, we all know how last year ended. So uh, just in the long run, I'm still not really too worried, but there's still lots of takeaways from this game. Most importantly, that being the O-line. I'm going to have to completely agree with that. Um, there's, I, I think that's the offensive line has been the biggest disappointment of the year. Uh, I don't think, I mean, I don't think anything comes close to it really. Um you know, like you said, they were getting beat in the trenches. It just, I, I mean, people are making the excuse that, you know, they were tired and whatnot, but it's just, I mean, you can use that excuse, you know, all the time if you wanted to, because no one really knows. Um, but I'm not going to sit here and, and use that excuse. Uh, I think the Bears just, just got outplayed. Um, and yeah, the offensive line definitely needs a lot of work. Uh, I'll just leave it at that before we dive more into it. Josh, yeah, anything? it's definitely that that um, layover excuse that you keep seeing. Um, they played at a normal time, like in their time zone time, if that makes sense. So, like normally they they play like last year they played. I can't remember what time, but it ended up in Hawaii. Ended up being on at like four thirty in the morning, five thirty in the morning. Um, it's normally they play on a London time schedule, whereas. Um, so all that to say, it's not, it wasn't the time thing that threw them off. It was just, it was just a bad game. Like, and everybody has those. Um, yeah. And so, I mean, O-line, yeah, we'll get into it. Kyle Long looks stiff. 
Um, and I mean, we need to start having the the Daniels, James Daniels, and um, Cody White here conversation again. Like, why why is it flipped? So I don't I don't know. We, we could go on and on, but I think the biggest storyline is is the O line and or how bad the defense played. The defense just wasn't good. I mean, they who holds Khalil Mack like like it. I feel like Khalil Mack is Thanos. He is inevitable, and they stopped him somehow. So I don't, I don't understand. But yeah, we can we can move on. Um, I mean, that was going to be mine, the offensive line. So we might as well transition right into that. Uh, it looks terrible. It's gotten worse every single week. They look like they can't stop anybody. There are guys getting into the backfield seemingly without effort. Dave Montgomery continues to just toil and try to grind out yards. These two, three yard carries. Um, it just doesn't look good it, all, all around. It, it looks like this unit, which used to be as early as early as last year, as recent as last year, looked like a top defensive unit, really, or not defense, offensive unit. They looked like a top offensive line, some a unit that was tops in the league, a top five unit in the league. So it's really upsetting that they've come this far. Kyle Long especially looks like he's in cement all the time. There are guys running literally right past him. So, I mean – uh, Kevin, again, if you want to go first, what is the deal with this offensive line? How have they fallen so far? Yeah, well, let's just first start to say that all is not lost for the, this offensive line. It's not like we're looking at five or six players here who we know are terrible, who we know don't have Pro Bowl potential. I mean, we do know that these guys have Pro Bowl high-level potential. We saw it last year. I mean, Charles Lennon was a Pro Bowler. We know how good Cody Whitehair James Daniels are. You know, when it comes to Kyle Long, that's where you kind of say, okay, maybe it's kind of the end of the road for him. But then you see, okay, what did the offense do with Ted Larson in there, right? When he was in there the week that Kyle Long was out, they looked a lot better. And I think that is just going to be the plan going forward. It's going to be Ted Larson over Kyle Long. And you hate to see a veteran like that, such a leader in the locker room, get benched in that type of situation. But the way he's been performing, there's just no space for him on that line right now. So I think it's going to be Ted Larson. But another thing you want to bring up in the future, uh, still a few weeks uh, weeks away from this is I I really truly do believe the Bears are going to go out and try to trade for an offensive lineman right now you look at the O-line being their complete weakness uh, the weakest link on the team for sure and when you have a team this talented oftentimes you know teams are willing to give up a little bit of draft capital to say all right let's make a push for a guy who we know can help us improve our chances to win a Super Bowl this year it's like the Cubs getting on Rodas Chapman in 2016 right they're, they're big Biggest liability that year was their bullpen. They said, all right, let's go get a closure who we know can win it all for us. I, I see the Bears doing a similar type thing. So, again, all is not lost. This is something that certainly can be fixed. You use the bye week to fix it. Harry Highstand's a much-respected coach. So I, I have trust in them figuring it out. Just get Larson in there and maybe look for a trade in the coming weeks. You took the words right out of my mouth. I think the, the majority of the problem, I think, with the offensive line is they're just they just look very sloppy right now. I think, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that they have to clean up. That's why I'm not, you know, overly worried about, about this offensive line right now. But exactly like you said, Kevin, I mean, with, with Kyle Long, it's, it's, it is a bit worrying just because we know he's dealt with injuries and of his age and whatnot. But with Ted Larson in there, I, I agree with you. I think they looked a lot better. And, I, you know, I know Kyle Long's been loyal to us and, you know, he's done a lot for this team. But, uh, I mean, we have we have ball games we need to win. So, I mean, if, if that's the change they need to make that improves the offensive line, then, then you know, I'm all for it. Yeah, do your job has been a mantra for the football, for, for football for forever. And 
if one person doesn't do their job on the line, it affects everyone. And it's not in Kevin. I mean, Kyle, sorry, Kyle, Kyle Long. I know you're listening. It's not that we don't like you. It's just, <laughs> it's, you, you look, you look stiff. That's the problem. You look like you're in pain. And uh, I posted a video on my, my Twitter account uh, of Matt Forte and, who, who else was it? I can't remember. Olin Krutz and all those Yeah, guys. there you go. They were all saying the same thing. Like, he just looks like he's in pain, and that's that's okay. Like, it just kind of comes, and nobody wants to hear that when it does come. And he, I wouldn't expect him to ever back down um, because he is that competitive. But uh, Nagy needs to start really looking at it and recognizing, hey, this is affecting more than just, just him. You know, it's affecting the entire line. So it's a tough a tough topic, but it needs to be addressed, you know. Yeah. I have a question for the room um, because Kevin, you mentioned a trade. Who would you think is available? I mean, who, I, like, who yeah. would you believe you could trade for who would be available? Because I don't think you're going to get much better. Like, there's no one that's going to give you a starter unless you're giving up someone of depth, someone who's maybe has depth from you or is extra depth for you on the defense but then you take away your defensive depth and they're the unit that's supposed to keep you in Super Bowl contention so is there someone you're eyeing or is it just to see play it by ear see how it develops there's not a specific person I mean if there were to be one it's obviously Trent Williams because he requested a trade from the Redskins and he wants to get out of there and they're willing to ship him uh he's not playing with the team right now he hasn't been there since training camp at all but the cost that comes with that is he is a big time premier level player at that position. So you're likely giving up, you know, a big time draft capital for him. I don't see the Bears making any type of trade with a player. Uh, yeah, I, it's it's hard to see that. I, I have seen the name Anthony Miller be thrown around in that scenario, and I don't like seeing that at all. But, you know, I, I just kind of wait to see what goes on. You know, as the trade deadline gets closer, you get more of a sense of who's available, who's on the market, who's not. And that'll be found out in the coming weeks. But if there's one name that you want to look at right now, it is Trey Williams, simply because for all those reasons I just mentioned, he's available and he's there. But the price you'd pay for that is, is pretty high. Does everyone agree with that? Trent Williams is probably yeah. who you'd want to go for. I mean, the thing is, he like what do you do with with Massey and Leno then? Um, because, I, mean, I mean, yeah, because I mean, Williams is more of a tackle than than a guard, so I'm not. Yeah, I don't know, and yeah, I, I just don't see that really happening. But yeah, I think it, it'd probably be more of a play by ear thing. But yeah, I agree with uh, Kevin. I definitely uh, could see something like that happening, especially if if this continues. But the thing is, I mean. I'm I'm pretty confident in Ted Larson, um, mm. you know. So I, I I'm cool with Ted Larson starting unless he gives us a reason, you know, to to make that trade. I'm I'm cool with Ted Larson. Yeah, I don't I don't see the Trent Williams thing working out at all because um, he's gonna go somewhere. He's not gonna go somewhere and then not get paid. Like that's the whole point of his holdout. Um, and Bears just don't have the capital. Like, could you imagine paying a premier tackle? and a premier outside linebacker and then not have a future at, <laughs> on offense, I mean, to, to carry your ball at all. Like, I don't know. Or I just pay Eddie Jackson even. Yeah, yeah, you're just – you're digging a hole for one season, and I don't think – I think what, what Chris said, Ted Larson is enough. Um, I was thinking what if you – I mean, you still have Bradley Sowell available. 
Yeah, I was thinking that too. But, I mean, this dude lost way too much weight. It's not like he can just go back up 20 to 30 pounds midseason and get back into that O-line form. And that and that really is what aggravates me now is is that is a guy who was a viable. I mean, he was, he was solid when he was in there. I mean, you really couldn't go wrong when he was in there. Was he the best? No. But the way this O-line is looking, you'd love to have a guy like Bradley Sowell in there. So it's frustrating to see that they made that position in the offseason. I know why they did it, but... Yeah, it's one that kind of backfired on you at this point in the season. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. Speaking of Bradley Saul, the poor guy. Like, yeah, yeah. He's been thrown back and forth. Oh my god. Yeah. But um, okay, then what if you dip into the practice squad for Alex Bars, who rejected yeah. an offer from the Patriots to join their active roster just to stay on the Bears practice squad? What do we think yeah. about that? Yeah, I mean that I, that's a definitely another possibility. Um, you know that that's the fact that that he turned down the Patriots offer. I mean that speaks volume. Um, you know I, I'm I'm all for that if if Ted Larson does see like now now I'm starting to think that that trade scenario seems less likely because I completely forgot about Alex Bars, but um, I, I could definitely see him filling in. Um, so yeah, that, that's another possibility. That's why that's. This, you know, all these possibilities are why I'm not giving up hope on this offensive line. There's, there's, a, there's already talent on it, and then we have a lot of options to make up for it. So, I'm not, I'm not too, too worried about the offensive line. But, um, I mean, after the bye week, if they come out bad, uh, I don't think there's really any more excuses we can use. Okay, then staying on offensive line. Last thing on the offensive line that I want to hit because Josh did mention it. When do we start to seriously consider moving Cody Whitehair back to center, James Daniels back to guard, which is a combination you had last year when you had one of those top five, top ten units uh, as an offensive line? Well, the, the main thing for me is why hasn't that conversation been brought up yet? I mean, it's been five weeks now. We haven't seen any improvements, really. So you'd think at least a reporter or something would have asked about it. Um, so it, it's kind of strange. And, and to me... Not hearing anything about it, it tells me it's just not going to happen. Uh, it, it, quite frankly, through five weeks again, if it was an issue, you, you know, you would have seen it, I think, by now, and we haven't seen it. So, I, you know, I wish they would go back to it, but it just seems like. Matt Nagy is stubborn about it. He doesn't want to do it for whatever reason. Uh, but again, I mean, just to reiterate what I said earlier, I know Bears fans are freaking out about it, and rightfully so. I mean, it doesn't look good. But it, j- just remember, I mean, you just have to keep remembering and have trust in these guys. Like, I say it again, Charles Leno was a pro bowler. Uh, Cody Whitehair, we just know how good he is. We know how good James Daniels is. If there is one unit that we know can improve and use this bye week to really tighten things up, it's the O-line. And, and and that's why I'm not exactly as worried as a whole bunch of other people. Again, if Chris mentioned it, if it's bad out the bye, then you start mentioning trades. Then you start talking a little bit more about Alex Bars. Uh, but I still do have trust in these guys to get it together uh, because we just know how talented they are. It's not, again, it's not like it's five guys who we know are 60 overall ratings on Madden. You know, it, we, we know that's not the kind of guys that are on that unit. So I think we'll be fine. Just just have trust in them getting together. But I, I just don't know if it's on Matt Nagy's agenda to move those two guys back to uh, their original positions last year. The only thing I can think of is, um, you know, the fact that they drafted James Daniels to be a center. Uh, that, that's at least what, that, what was swirling around when they drafted him. And, you know, I, I guess, I mean, you could say it is stubbornness maybe from Matt Nagy because, you know, he wanted him to work out at center. I, I don't really know. It could be, it could be anything. Um, but, yeah, it, it's it's something that should have been brought up a while ago. 
uh, just because, you know, it, we had a lot of success with it last year. So, uh, you know, it's something that you would think would be a possibility, but they haven't talked anything about it. So, I mean, yeah, as long as, you know, they're not talking about it, I, I guess we shouldn't be either. I mean, I'm not sure. Well, I mean, it, it sounds like based off Nagy's history, he likes to trust his coaches. Um, I mean, just look at Fangio. Like, he, he let him do his thing. Pagano, uh, he's letting him do his thing. So I'm wondering if this is that. A high stand um, decision. What do you guys think about that? I mean, it's possible, but again, like you had the results there last year with that original alignment, and then you decided to make this move, which I feel like, I mean, I definitely thought was weird at the time when you did make the move, and it clearly hasn't paid off. So, I mean, if high stand, again, Kevin mentioned it earlier in the podcast, high stand's well respected. Uh, you know, he's kind of an offensive line guru, came from Notre Dame, has developed guys like Quentin Nelson. And uh, so I could see it being that. But at some point you have to say, OK, the results just aren't there. And they were last year. We have to try this. Yeah. And then at that point, there, there's no harm in trying it. I mean, you, you really can't get much worse than what they've been thus far. So if you do go back to it, it it's high, high, you know, low risk, high reward because. Again, you can't get much worse, so you might as well just go out there and say, all right, let's give it a try. Uh, and, you know, it's not one of those things where, again, okay, you're throwing White here back to center. It's not like he's never played that position before. They're both comfortable in those respective positions, so they should be able to, you know, conform to that. If that if Matt Nagy comes out and says, all right, we're switching it, they should have, you know, through a week of practice, be able to get it together for, for one of these upcoming games. So, you know, you may see it happen. And, and for that reason, because they've had the experience in those spots, I think that would make it more likely. But, um, you know, again, the bye week is a really, really important time. I mean, you know, it's, it's a nicely placed bye week, I would say, right here. We need to clear up on injuries. But more importantly, you know, just figure these things out, get some time to rest, and, you know, just clean it up, have trust in these coaches, and I think they'll do that. I have, I have a controversial question. I like to, I like to present those like the whole Mitch Trubisky thing, but um, at any point, and I, I'm only getting this off of questions I've seen on Twitter and Facebook, but at, at what point do we question if it's Nagy's coaching that has had the offensive woes? And, I mean, we've only seen a, a year and a half of Nagy, so I'm going to get crucified for even asking the question. But, I mean, we've, he's had a whole season with Trubisky, and now we're five games in and the offense has yet to really do anything. Is it personnel or is it coaching? Um, and when when do we start questioning it? Well, injuries. Yeah, that that's yeah. I mean, I, it's we had a lot of success last year. So I don't I don't really think it's on Nagy. I mean, you can. You can argue that, yeah, now he has a full season under his belt as a head coach, so teams know how to prepare for him and whatnot. But I'm, I'm not really buying into all that. I think once we get healthy after this bye week, uh, the offense will improve. I, I'm, I'm still, I, I still think there's just way too much talent on this offense for them not to, you know, figure it out. It's just, I know I, I say that every week, but it's like, like it, it's, it's just seems like it's so close, and and you know, there's amazing players in this team, in this offense, so. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, they're going to get it together. I don't think it's on Nagy. I think, um, they've just been, you know, it just had a goofy start to this season. I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I, I really, really do think they're going to figure it out. 
Yeah, I 100% agree. I mean, here's what it boils down to, right? You know, you can call for Matt Nagy to run 20 straight run plays, but if the O-line doesn't open the holes for David Montgomery, then, you know, there's nothing that can happen. And at that point, you know, did Matt Nagy throw the game-losing interception against the Raiders? No, I mean, he, he called a really good game in the second half. First half, not so much. But, again, right now... You know, behind every great offense is a great offensive line, and and that is just what history shows. That's just it's just a fact. So they 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 really great offense is a great. There you go. There you go. I like that. There you go. Um, but you, you know what I mean? I mean, come on, Chase Daniels started this game and it was really unfortunate because right as the offense was hitting their stride against Washington, I mean, they looked really good against Washington and everyone was very complimentary of Matt Nagy's play calling and they looked like, okay, this offense is going to start to get going. You know, first play of the next game, Mitchell Trubisky goes down, and then it kills all that offensive momentum that they gained from Washington. So they haven't really been able to get been able to get any traction. So I'm really not going to pin any of this on Nagy at all. Again, there were times against the Raiders game last week where I said, "Okay, this is the Matt Nagy that I know and love. This is the you know the genius offensive guru that we have as a head coach." And we saw that when they scored three unanswered touchdowns, but. You know, again, at some point you can run the ball with Dave Montgomery X amount of times, but if the O line isn't making holes, you know, that's not on the coach. That's just simply on the personnel and the players on the field. So, uh, I, again, come on, coach of the year, AP coach of the year. I have full trust in Matt Nagy, and, and I have zero doubts about him going forward. I also do not. I, I think it's just I, I, what Kevin said. You were getting into a groove, and then against Washington, and then Mitch gets hurt against a, a Minnesota team that pretty much rolled over for you. So I, I think that would have been a great game to take another step forward. And then obviously that didn't happen. So I think you just got to wait for this team to get healthy and for the offensive line to figure it out. Uh, speaking of health, have you guys heard anything about Akeem Hicks? Yeah, that's so uh, weird. I have not. It, it's the weirdest thing. You know, We do know it's a dislocated <laughs> elbow, which I think is actually – you know, a, a positive, I guess, a positive result because a dislocated elbow should get him back, I would say, between three to four weeks. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know exactly the timetable, and it's really weird that I haven't seen really anything about mm -hmm. it, but we at least know it's not anything that's going to be put on IR. He won't be heading over there, and it doesn't seem too serious. Again, if it was that serious, we'd be hearing all about it. So, Unlikely, I would say, he returns against the Saints, but this is not too bad of an injury, especially after watching it on Sunday. I was kind of freaked out. <laughs> you know so. he wants to be there for that Saints game, too. Oh, my God. Oh, Of course he his, wants to be there. Beef, yeah. His beef with the Saints is so much fun. Like He's oh, on yeah. Twitter yeah. all the time yeah. with those guys. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, I, I think it's good. I think it's good that it's the bye week, and you're, I don't think you're going to hear anything anyway yeah. until yeah. it gets closer. Yeah. I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Nagy say that he thought it wasn't season ending? Yeah, I mean, I'm yeah, pretty sure he, he, con he confirmed that. So, I mean, other than that, I haven't really heard too much. But, I mean, I, like Kevin said, I, that's, a, that's a positive, um, you know. And, I, I mean, I, I would love to see him against the Saints. I'm sure every Bears fan would. But uh, we just got to get these guys healthy, just make sure they're 100% so we can, you know, make that last playoff push. Just You just need everyone healthy for that last playoff push towards the end of the year. Um, and, you know, leading up to that, you just got to win, you know, somehow find ways to win as many games as possible. Uh, and, you know, the NFC is really tough right now. So, um, you know, the Bears have their work cut out for them. Uh, what about Eddie Pinheiro, if you guys heard anything about that? 
No, nah, I haven't really heard anything about that. I mean, the crazy thing was he was limping real bad in that Raiders game, and he still came out and was kicking extra points right down the middle. I mean, the dude's an absolute warrior, so I really have no concerns about it going forward. He's going to nail the 40, 30, you know, yarders that he's expected to make. When it comes to the 50-yarders, you know, maybe that's when you start to get worried, but this seems like just a bit of a nagging injury where, again, perfect timing for the bye week. It'll get resolved, give him some time to heal. He hasn't had a full two weeks to heal yet. Give him that time uh, to just take a bit of a rest, and he should be good to go against the Saints. Strong agree. Yep. Uh, sticking with the, the offense, we got to see an Anthony Miller siding, so that was good. Finally. Yes. I mean, we saw a sighting in a, in a few bad ways as well. I mean, he dropped a wide open pass. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, again, I have no doubt about Anthony Miller, but he he did make a few boneheaded plays in that game. He kind of lost his head a little bit getting that uh, that penalty. Um, I forget when it was, but he had a little bit of an an essay roughness penalty that he tweeted about after the game. But again, the main thing that Chris and I and all of us have been talking about is we just want to see you know the availability and the opportunities for uh, Anthony Miller to come around. And again, we finally are seeing that. So, I mean, put the ball in Anthony Miller's hands and he's going to make plays. So it's enlightening to see that he's at least getting the ball. Yeah. One, one thing that I will say about Nagy is I feel like they're just not using Anthony Miller right. Like, I just don't think they're using him correctly. I think Anthony Miller, exactly what Kevin said, you need to give him the ball and let him do his thing because Anthony Miller can get past any defender. He, he's so quick. He is so fast. He has great hands. I mean, you just got to give him the ball. Uh, I think that's really all there is to say about Anthony Miller. Um, I, I definitely, you know, that, that drop in that game was awful. He definitely should have caught that. But, you know, for the most part, he's been, I mean, he's been open a lot. It just, I tweeted this out during the game. It seems like he's been, you know, he's been so unlucky with, with you know, the types of passes that he's been, He's been thrown. It seems like they're all, you know, almost uncatchable or just very difficult catches. And he made that nice catch against Oakland. So, I mean, it, it just shows you he has the talent is there. They just got to find a way to u- utilize it. I think the thing with Miller is like, they don't really know how to utilize him with Chase Daniels. Very specific, very limited skill set. I think once you get your Bisky back, I think we'll see a lot more of Anthony Miller because that's just there's a lot more he can do, especially with Mitch running around, scrambling around and doing stuff like that. So I think it's just a matter of time. And I mean, Allen Robinson looks like. Stud. Yeah, he looks he looks so good. I mean, some of the catches he was making, he made it look easy. But like the one touchdown he caught was it was it was a terrible pass. It was low or, or it may have been on purpose. I don't know. Either way, it was low. And that's a tough catch to make on the run. And. I think it was the second touchdown that he did it. It was like a diving. Um, yeah. It was a diving yeah, grab. He, he just barely got his hand goal. underneath it. It was, it was beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I, it, just, it seems like Allen Robinson just doesn't know what, what dropping a pass is. Like he, he, <laughs> I mean, anything in his radius, he's coming down with it. So um, that, that's, why, that's why I think, you know, having a guy like Allen Robinson is so important. You know, he, he bells out his QBs a lot. Uh, we've, we've seen, he's only been here for a year and a half, and we've, you know, we've seen it. So. Um, I mean, and Allen Robinson, he, he's been the one player on the offense where I, I have no complaints about at all. Yeah, and it's finally nice to say, at least after a few years at the Bears, I would say I have an official wide receiver one who is has the potential to be a top 10 guy in the league. I mean, Chris mentioned it. You throw the ball near him, he's going to catch it. I mean, that ball that he caught out of bounds where he toe tapped that right foot. I mean, watching that 
in full motion live, I was like, there's no way he caught that ball. Absolutely no way. And then I saw the ref signal it a catch. And I was like, you know, this is just impossible. And seeing the replay, it's just incredible. So, you know, if there's one positive to take out of any of it uh, against the Raiders, it is Allen Robinson. And throughout the whole year, he's been the consistent one. And, you know, we also know the great connection between Mitch Trubisky and Allen Robinson. So it's not like that's going to, you know, not improve it's only going to get better and, and it's very very nice to see and again this is an offense without taylor gabriel as well we know what he provides uh trey burton's still a little bit banged up so hopefully he gets a little healthier so i'm again i'm not too worried about the offense really i'm really not and for me we can talk about the wide receivers and the running backs all we want but it, what what it really boils down to is that o-line and i we, we've talked enough about it but just about dave montgomery i'm curious to know what you guys think because i just kind of said it you know it, it does boil down to the o-line but what have you guys seen from him uh uh, you know, just just his style of running, you know, he, he's trying to get the yards, but it's not just there. What have you liked and disliked from Dave Montgomery this far through five weeks? Uh, personally, there's one thing that, that came to my head as I was watching the, the game um, on Sunday. It, he's very, very patient, it seems. And, and I'm not sure if that's because yes. he's, he's waiting for a hole to open up because the offensive line is so bad or <laughs> because he's just, you know, patient. And he kind of almost the first player that came to my head was Le'Veon Bell. Uh, yeah, you know, watching him in that Raiders game. So, um, you know, I definitely think once the O line improves, you'll see a lot more people talking about David Montgomery. I have no worries about David Montgomery. He's tough. Um, he looks, you know, very quick on his feet. Uh, I, David Montgomery looks the part. I just, I think it just boils down to the offensive line uh, with him, honestly. I honestly feel the same way. I, the one thing I like about David Montgomery so far is. He grinds. He tries to like those two yard gains that look so painful, and he gets hit four or five times, and he doesn't go down. I love that. Um, I just love that he, he's a grinder. It seems like he's making the best out of this crappy offensive line situation. Yep. Yeah, and I you mentioned the. No, go ahead, Josh. I wanted to pose the the question. Would Jordan Howard be doing better this, oh, no. <laughs> this season? Absolutely not. Absolutely I would not. argue he'd be doing worse. I mean, what do we know about Jordan Howard? He's an absolute downfield runner. I mean, we, we see no patience. And again, this is not an octave. He's just a guy that doesn't have patience at the line of scrimmage. He sees a hole, he runs through it, and that's his style of running, and that's not a bad thing. But the way this offensive line has been playing, the only way Dave Montgomery has been getting yards because he breaks 97 tackles in one play or he again uses that patience and vision to you know find the hole and at least make four to five yards out of it and again uh chris mentioned Le'Veon bell 100 percent agree with that that is right now every time i see him you know kind of take a pause at that line of scrimmage and diagnose what's going on up front that's exactly who i who it reminds me of and that's a very good guy uh to be reminded of Le'Veon bell is one of the top running backs so uh to answer your question no no, don't don't even don't even bring it up. I mean, it's just outrageous. I know Josh Lyles is a Jordan Howard lover, so he may disagree, but <laughs> I just don't think so. Um, yeah, I don't no, know I, how I often mean, Nagy Nagy does this, um, where the whole O line will swing left. I, I forget what it's called. It's it, it's called zone running, but I I think there's a name for it. But the whole offensive line will swing left or swing right, and the job of the running back is either continue going outside or cut the ball inside, based off if there's holes open or not. And Jordan Howard was really good at that. Um, I'm, I'm wondering if if David Montgomery, Montgomery would be better under that style of running. And I don't know if um, I don't know if Nagy already does that or not. I, I can't think of it off the top of my head or how many plays he's done that or blah, blah, blah. But because um, then, it, then it's up to the running back's skill level. Like, 
okay, there's no hole here. I'm going to keep running to the bounce to the outside where Jordan Howard just didn't have the speed to get to the outside every time. Uh, maybe David, David Montgomery would have that speed. So it's just, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, yes, I do like Jordan Howard a lot. Um, but David Montgomery has made some pretty ridiculous catches that I know Jordan Howard would not have been able to, unless they put glue on his hands. And cheated. <laughs> you he made a one handed catch earlier in that game. You have to increase the talent level of the offensive line before you start talking about schemes and how you want to run Montgomery. Like you, you got to start with the talent level and tighten it up with that unit as a whole first. Yeah. Honestly, like I was thinking about it. I don't even, you know, I was watching that 49ers game against the Browns last night. It was the first player of the game and boom, 49ers offensive line opens up a hole. Matt Breed is gone for 83 yards. I don't think I've seen that one time all year. So watching, you know, all these other teams having success with that is so excruciating. So, you know, all we all we want to see is a few open holes and see what Dave Montgomery can do with that. And we know he can turn those open hole uh, runs into 15, 20 yards of the amount of tackles that he breaks. And we still have yet to see his, you know, downfield running, uh, just in the open field running, rather, just to see him run loose, see if he can outrun one of those safeties. So uh, I'm certainly waiting to see some of that out of Dave Montgomery to before we can form a full opinion on um, I just thought I'd ask you guys about it. Yeah, you know, it, I, I'm actually, now that you bring it up, I'm actually interested to know what the, our longest run run play of the season is. 12 uh, yards, I think. Are you serious? Ugh. Really? I'm, I'm pretty sure it's 12 or 15. Uh, I think I saw something. I, I'm pretty sure. Wow. Wow. Fact check me guys. on it. Somebody fact check me on it. Um, I think it's I don't I think know it's for sure, but. During the, uh, is it 25? Yeah, yeah, I, I was, I was thinking okay. Other than the twenty-five yard one, it's twelve or fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean that's just that's that's pretty unacceptable. Um, I mean the thing is, you can't you can't put you know too much. I I, I just don't think you can blame David Montgomery. I the thing is, I don't think I don't think any running back would have success with with the way this offensive line is playing right now. Um, so I, I feel like David Montgomery goes as the offensive line goes. So. Um, offensive line better start going soon. <laughs> you think? Okay, his yep. lo- the longest team run is 46 yards from that Cordell Patterson option play, right? Okay. Remember that one? Yeah. But for Dave Montgomery, again, the long is 25, but he's averaging 3.3 yards a carry. And even, you know, a 25-yard run is nice. But again, after the 25-yarder, I can't even remember many being over 10. Yeah, I mean, no. that's, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, yeah, behind the 12, behind the 25, I think it's tw- it's 12. So it's not good. Close. I can tell you that it's not good. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's not that's pathetic. Well, I uh, guess we have to talk about the defense now because they yeah, were yeah. bad. Yeah, they, they were not were good. Very, let, very bad. Let me let me let me just kick it off here before we get into it. I mean, I like I honestly I don't really care. I mean, sure, did they have a bad game? Yeah, but they still only – it's not like they – people are out here on Twitter thinking, oh, my God, the Bears defense, like, they scored 50 points. At I mean, come on. They, they scored 24 points on them, and they made the takeaways when they need to make them. They gave them a chance to win the game. Sure, they kind of crumbled on that 97-yard drive. Not acceptable. But the, the last thing that I am going to do is overreact about the Bears defense. I mean, how ridiculous would you have to be to do that? This is the best unit in the league. I stick to that 100%. There's too much talent, too many playmakers, 
too good of a coordinator. You know, they cannot hold every single opponent to under 20 or 15 points. It's just not going to happen. It didn't happen last year when they were the number one defense. It's not going to happen this year. It'll happen a few more times here and there. I'm not worried at all. I mean, again, hell of a job by Sheriff McManus getting that fumble on the one yard line, you know, recovering that fumble on the, on the missed toss. Uh, you know, they, they did some nice things throughout the game and absolutely no I am not overreacting with the Bears defense. They will be fine. They will bounce back. I 100 million percent believe that. I, I 100 million. 100 million percent. 100 million. Yeah, I, I really, I really honestly think that tone of set it better myself. I mean, it, it's the defense is going to have games like this. We, we all know it's coming. I mean, this is why football is a team sport. You, you need, you know, all three facets of the game to be clicking for, for, you know, for your team to be dominating. So, um, you know, the offense has been carried by the defense, um, you know, for the last year and a half, I'd say for the most part, can you guys agree with that? Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, once in a while, the defense is going to struggle. It's going to happen. It's part of the game. And don't forget they're playing in the NFL. There are other good NFL players on these teams, you know? So uh, we, we got to remember that. Um, and, you know, in times like that is, is when we need the offense to step up and, and you know, do their do their part, because sometimes they're going to have to, you know, help the defense out as well. It's 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 a two way street. I did want I did want to mention. So on my Twitter, I, I posted. Um, uh, the challenge, if you watch this video and don't get mad or whatever, that that challenge, uh, it was Gruden talked to hyping up his guys. And I just wanted to say I, I wasn't mad at the video because. Um, the Raiders won like the Raiders outplayed us. They beat us, whatever. That's not what made me mad. It was the, uh, I don't know if you saw the video, but the video was him mocking the yeah. club dub. And we, like, that's a tradition that we've come to like love. Like I, I, I look forward to it. Like it's fun. It's something he's coined. Nagy's coined. It's, it's fun. And like straight up mocked us. And that's the part that was like, Oh my goodness. I wish, I wish we would have won just so we could, because obviously it's something that bothers him, something that annoys him. So that, I don't know. That's, that's the part that made me frustrated. I just wanted Look, to defend myself. I mean, it, it's the Oakland Raiders, man. At the end of the year in week 17, when we see the final results of the year, we'll see who's mocking who. I mean, I, I really just, I don't buy into that kind of thing. It, it was very annoying, but I, I fully believe that Bears will, you know, get the last laugh on that. That being, you know, at the end of the day, who's going to have the better record? Who's going to be the playoffs? It, it, I believe that's going to be the Chicago Bears. So, you know, they can mock us all they want. They got a nice win. Credit to them. But, you know, at the end of the day, we know it's a better football team. We know how valuable Club Dub and that culture is to that locker room. I mean, mocking it is just foolish. You know, it's, it's what makes this team so good. So, uh, you know, whatever. It, it is annoying, though. I, I, I will go with you on that. It is a bit annoying. Yeah, it's, you know, I've seen, it's crazy. I mean, one win and, and I've seen Raiders fans, I, I, I'm not kidding you guys, on Facebook say that um, the, Raiders oh, won the, Khalil, the, the Raiders won the Khalil Mack trade because Josh Jacobs had a good game against us. And I'm just <laughs> sitting there like, dude, like I, I was honestly just going to blow up on him because I was so angry after that loss. Like, I'm not going to lie to you guys, but I was just kind of like, is this really even worth my time? Like, like who, like who in their right mind would think something like that? <laughs> Um, it's just, I, I mean, Facebook like, come on, man. It's that's, that's one thing I can't stand about the NFL. It's like one loss and everything goes to crap. So it's like, it's going to be a long two weeks. It's going to be a long two weeks. But, uh, once we get to that game against the saints, I think, I think the boys will be ready. I mean, do we think, I mean, I think the key point here that we keep hammering is, and we've been hammering it all podcasts. 
uh, it's just health. And this bye week is huge. And I think we all think that once everybody's healthy, once you get Akeem Hicks back, once you get, I mean, you have the possibility of having Bull Nichols with a club on his hand back at some point in the next few weeks. And then once Roquan Smith, you know, whatever is going on with him, you know, he's clearly dealing with it and he played, but getting back to his normal self, you know, that's why this bye week is so important. I think we all feel this way. Once everything's good and back to normal, I think this defense will, by the time they play the Saints, I think we're going to see the same old Bears defense. Look at it this way. You went one and one with Chase Daniel. Who is upset about that? Who is upset about that? I mean, you go one and one with one of the lower tier backup quarterbacks in the league. I'm not really too worried. I, I was taking a look at the 2018 power rankings at this point. I just said power. That was, that was I said like a baby power, power rankings. Power <laughs> um, at this point in the season last year, number five, the Panthers three and one missed out on the playoffs. Number six, the Jaguars who were three and two missed out on the playoffs. Number seven, the Bengals at four and one missed out on the playoffs. I mean, you know, again, this is it's uh, it's what we do as you know these people who comment about this. We make overreactions and we have to talk about all these things. But at this point of the season, at three and two, I have absolutely no worries about this team. Again, you go one and one with Josh Daniel or with Chase Daniels. It happens, right? They went one and one with them last year. They lost to a bad Giants football team last year, and we know. That was a team that was capable of winning a Super Bowl had it not for been that horrible event that we do not talk about. I mean, again, it's just it is what it is. You lose a tough one. You bounce back. You use the bye week to get better and you come out. And that's the interesting thing about these next five. These next five games, everyone's like, oh, my God, we played such a hard schedule. First of all, it's not as hard as it looked five weeks ago. I mean, there's a lot of teams on the schedule who look a lot weaker than we thought. But you have a chance in these next five to prove yourself as a top 10 Super Bowl contending team. We already know they are, but now it just has to be proven. You go out there, you beat the Saints after the bye. That's both the Saints and the Bears sitting at four and two. Uh, at that point, I, I don't know if they if the Saints play next week, but you would have the same amount of losses as the Saints if, if they do not play or whatever. And then you go out and you play the Rams, you play the Chargers. I mean, you have a serious chance to prove yourself. So I see these next five as a great opportunity rather than, you know, a dismal, you know, scary schedule ahead. I see it as a huge opportunity for the Bears and they're going to take advantage of it. Uh, again, a lot of those games at home as well. Rams don't look as good as they did. I, I'm not worried at all. I'm, I'm actually excited for the future of the Bears right here in these next five. Okay, look, look. I, I'm convinced I, I, that the Bears are are they refuse to ha- have confidence. Like they got to be the underdog all the time. Like they refuse to let the fans <laughs> to let the fans be confident in a win. Like yeah, every time, like every that. time I'm yeah. there, like you know what? They're gonna destroy this team. They're they're gonna absolutely. They've lost every time that I've said that. Yeah. So I, I refuse yeah. to be on a side anymore. I'm just gonna be like. I have, I have zero clue. I don't know if they're going to win this or not. They could play the Browns, and I'd be like, I don't know. I have zero clue. <laughs> well, okay, look, look, this is my thing. So, okay, I th- I'm almost positive all four of us had the Bears 4-1 and one heading into the bye, correct? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Okay, all right. So, well, I had it 5-0, oh, but yeah. Oh, so did I. I had it 5-0, oh, too. I was off. You did? Way off. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, okay, so, I mean, look, you're, you're sitting at 3-2 and two right now. We have we've had a lot of injuries. Our back our our backup quarterback is playing right now. He played the he has played the last two games. You're sitting at three and two, heading into a bye week where your team is going to get healthier. I really don't think that's the end of the world. I I I really exactly what Kevin was saying. I mean, it's very early, and for us, you know, we're over five hundred. We're over five hundred right now. We've put ourselves in a, in a decent position um, for the rest of the season. You know, after this bye, so um, yeah, our schedule does get tougher. But you know, think about it like this: people are are 
in my opinion, people should be looking at the Bears and, and thinking that's a tough game as well. So, um, you know, it's not going to be easy for any, any of these teams either. Um, so, yeah, I think that, if, you know, you just got to look at it that way. I do, do not think the Bears are in trouble right now. Um, and, and I think, you know, like we mentioned earlier, this buy couldn't have come at a, at a better time. And, and that's a great point Chris makes. Like, who was our coach last year at 13-3? and three? Nagy. Who was our quarterback last year at 13-3? and three? Trubisky. Who had Palmer the number four. one defense last year at 13-3? and three? The Bears. Where are we at right now? We're sitting in the same boat. Like, we have Trubisky. We have Nagy still. We have a, a great defense. I, I, I don't think there's any reason to fear, but I think Bears fans are just so used to paying any sign of an open wound. We're like, oh, we're dead. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I totally agree. And, and here's the interesting thing. If you want to talk about future, future outlook, right? And you want to talk about the Super Bowl and whatever, because I know everyone wants to talk about the Super Bowl. The, 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 the thing that separates the Bears from any of the other teams that are three and two, any other teams that are in this kind of position is to me, they have such a legitimate chance because of how good that defense is. This isn't just a three and two team that is above average on defense and above average on offense. No, this is a team that can shut down absolutely anybody at any given moment, at any given time and that's why they're they're so valuable i mean how did the chiefs how did the chiefs make the super bowl last year horrid defense you know bottom tier defense last year but they kept themselves in every single game because of their offense it's a similar situation for the bears except it's the exact opposite right the offense you know kind of a lower tier unit as of right now but the defense is a top one top one unit that will keep them in every single game. And that's why you could see them going so far. And I know that's so far in the future, but you know, that's just, you know, we here at Bears nation podcast, we are the light in a time of darkness and it is certainly a time of darkness right now for a lot of these bears fans. So we got to be optimistic to them. And again, I, I totally believe this team will find themselves in the playoffs. You're not too worried at three and two come out, have a nice stretch. I mean, look, the Colts were one and five last year and they made the playoffs. I mean, we're three and two and people are literally acting like we're one and four or one and five, you know, just take a chill pill, relax, see how next week unfolds, you know, let this team get healthy and have trust in this organization to figure it out. I truly believe they'll do that. Kevin, the eternal Listen, I, I just, I, I just want to say something. If I'm optimistic as a bears fan, then anybody can be optimistic as a bears. Fan. Wow. <laughs> I, I, wow. Like, is this happening right now? Is this real life? <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, honestly, I, I feel like I get very pessimistic very quickly. Yes. And I know I, and I know these guys on this podcast will agree with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the I'm the you know, I'm the villain of this podcast, whatever. But <laughs> that, that's that's my point. You know, if I if I'm if I'm being optimistic, then you know every Bears fan should be. I think we're going to be all right. There you go. Well, I, th- I think that's being how optimistic, need- then you should be. <laughs> I think that's how we need to end this podcast on a positive note from Chris Nano because I, I don't it's know totally. how he's got a better point. I agree. I <laughs> agree. Kyle, Kyle Long, because you finished, you finished the podcast. I want you to take note that Chris Nano finished positively. <laughs> so now you can, you can ride off into the sunset happy. There you go. <laughs> All right, that will do it for us for this episode. Thank you for listening, as always. We are Bears Nation Podcast. For myself, for Kevin, Josh, and Chris, thank you for listening, as always. We might do a bye episode. Not sure yet. If anything happens, we'll be sure to let you know. Any injury reports, just stick with us. You'll be around. We'll be around. So stick with us and ride out this bye week with us. But as always, bear down. Come on.